This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. Fight Back with Libby Zneimer on Zoomer Radio. Welcome back. It's been just over a week since U.S. President Donald Trump abruptly ordered the pullout of U.S. troops supporting their Kurdish allies in the fight against ISIS. It's a move that was widely condemned, including by Trump's fellow Republicans, as a stunning betrayal that will weaken American credibility, reverse gains against ISIS, make it harder for the U.S. to build alliances and give a boost to Russia, China and Iran. And meanwhile, despite Trump's announcement that he is bringing his troops home, they will mostly be repositioned in western Iraq. So, and as to the ceasefire announced with great fanfare by Vice President Mike Pence last Thursday, it does not appear to be holding. So, where does that leave things? I'm joined by Dr. Balkan Devlin, who is an associate professor of political science at the University of Copenhagen, Denmark, and Dr. David Carmet, who's a professor of international affairs at Carleton University's Norman Patterson School of International national affairs. Thank you both for joining us. Thank you. Well, thanks for having us. What a mess. Uh, Dr. (laughs) Devlin, uh, where are things at as of this moment? Uh, Well, I think a couple things are still very much in flux. Um, uh, The United States, by by pulling out the way that Trump announces it uh, and and the the terms of the uh, ceasefire, um, doesn't have much uh, leverage anymore, uh, but the but the future of of the ceasefire, whether it's going to hold or not, uh, as well as the whole sort of uh, setup, will be much more determined when Erdogan meets uh, with Putin um, tomorrow. Um, so we 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 just I think I would say we're just starting to see where this would go. Uh, one thing is quite clear though that but you know at least for for the parties concerned in Syria, including Turks. Kurds, uh, Iranians, Syrians, um, the United States seems to be getting out of picture. Dr. Carment, what's your view? Well, the Americans are are leaving. Let's be uh, clear here, Libby, that we're talking about uh, 500 U.S. forces departing Syria. Uh, now there's some discussion of uh, probably 200 staying behind in Syria, yep. possibly as uh, observers or at least to uh, in response to the criticism that the uh, the Trump administration was phasing about abandoning the Kurds. But I think um, the talk tomorrow, as uh, Dr. Devlin just mentioned, is pretty important between Putin and Erdogan. But I think what they're trying to do there is avoid any friction that will occur between uh, Assad's forces who are uh, moving northward, if you will. Also, they have a, a stake or a claim on the territory occupied by the Kurds and the uh, the larger forces that they have been battling, um, the SDF, the, of which the, the Kurds have been a part of, uh, and that's the, the, the group that the, uh, the Turks are going after. Um, but on the other hand, we've got a, a ceasefire crumbling. I don't think that's the way I would phrase it. I'd say Erdogan's probably going to succeed in getting his 30K, 30-kilometer 30 buffer, that's really what he's looking for, and, and ultimately he's looking for a, a more stable border 
uh, between his country and Syria, and there are a whole, whole bunch of important reasons why he would want that, which we can talk about in a minute. So I would say, yeah, things are in flux, but I'd also say that the end game here is that uh, Turkey's going to achieve its uh, its need for a buffer between itself and what it considers to be a hostile force in the Kurds, the YPG, which is a part of the uh, Syrian defense. Dr. Devlin, uh, you know, it, do you see this as just an impulsive move? I mean, it is a small number of troops, American troops, but it seems to have really gone a, a long way to getting rid of American influence. Now we're talking about Putin being the critical person here. But Putin has been the critical person, at least since 2015, when uh, Russians uh, intervened uh, um, uh, in, in support of the Assad regime. So um, the way Trump did it with the you know, announcement, you know, with the tweets and you know, blindsiding uh, his own uh, defense department and others uh, aside, this has been, um, this has been coming uh, for a while. There was, I mean, without... Uh, having committed the necessary resources, um, the, the options would either have to be a permanent uh, presence, uh, American presence in northern Syria in support of the Kurds, or one way of uh, sort of restarting the whole peace process between, between Kurds and Turkey and, and encouraging that. But the, uh, the, the, I mean, this, the, the, the whole thing about American withdrawal uh, was coming. It's just basically the, uh, the ham-handed, uh, ham-fisted uh, way of uh, Trump handling it. But otherwise, um, uh, Putin has been sort of the kingmaker uh, at least for a couple of years at any rate. Uh, this, this last thing basically just um, sort of reaffirms this, um, uh, this whole, whole thing in a much more public way, uh, I would say. Well, uh, but... You know, the, the Kurds, as they had threatened to do, said, you know, if, if um, the Americans leave us, we will be making a deal with Bashar al-Assad. And that's been roundly condemned by the Europeans. I mean, what advantage, Dr. Karmit, do you think this gives the Americans? And uh, why did they agree in this way? Was it just impulsive? Well, you know, it's Trump's style to deny anything that any previous administration has done in the region. If you if you look at the broader picture, his goal is really to distance himself from prior U.S. foreign policy. I mean, at least rhetorically. So, in part, uh, his his desire is to um, ensure that any prior policy that has been in place, either Republican or Democrat, uh, that has shown uh, overwhelming support for the the Kurds, is not his particular policy. He sees that as a recipe for long-term uh, disaster for U.S. interests. I mean, mm -hmm. ultimately, um, the, the, the challenge for Trump is to encourage uh, stability in Syria while not losing it, that toehold or presence that the Americans have. And qu quite frankly, Iraq gives them that toehold, and Syria is not essential to, uh, in, in many ways. The ba their bases are, are in Iraq. Uh, they've still got that presence that they need to exert the uh, uh, overwhelming capability when needed, um, and Putin knows that. I mean, this is not the end game in the sense that the Americans are undergoing a complete withdrawal. So this is partly, I think, this is the opposition making a big deal out of Trump's approach. But frankly, um, strategically, there's no, in my view, there's no clear interest in the Americans maintaining that small presence in Syria. It's mostly symbolic. I'd say the bigger issues here are for, I mean, look. Uh, 
the the Kurdish uh, presence in Syria is relative to the larger population is ten percent. So they, they the, the Kurds really have no option other than to cut a deal with the uh, the Assad regime. I mean they're they're never going to win a war against them, but they also know that the history has not been kind to the the Kurdish people in Syria. They've often been on the receiving end of various attacks and so on, been shot at for respecting and uh, celebrating their their culture. But the you know the the bigger issue for this the uh, Turkey is the the Kurdish presence in the country itself. There are th- approximately 35 million Kurds region wide, and uh, the Syrian Kurds only make up a small portion of that. Um, so Turkey's got a, a bigger problem here. Uh, they've also got 3.5 million Syrians living within their territory. They need to resettle. Eventually, those Syrians have to return to Syria. Think they're a source of great stability, instability for Turkey. So I think Erdogan does have a, a bigger strategic problem on his hands. Is uh, it's and the Kurds are sort of standing in the way of that. Um, and let's not forget trade routes either. I mean, a lot of serious uh, trade with Turkey is overland. Doctor Carmen, where does this leave us? Well, uh, so where I left off was this this uh, buffer that will exist between, for temporarily at least. Uh, you know, the, it's supposed to be a five-day ceasefire. So essentially, Turkey is giving the Kurds time to organize themselves and get out. Uh, essentially, and this is also an opportunity for Assad to cut a deal with Turkey, so they his troops are not in direct conflict conflict with the Turkish troops. This is the last thing we'd want. I think neither party wants that. That's why Putin's playing a huge role here. But ultimately, with that buffer, then uh, Turkey's security along that region along that 200k borderline uh is is increased improved and they can uh, then consider long term i think a transition uh for the syrian uh refugees who have settled in turkey to return um and this is a, a region wide problem it's not turkey's alone it's also a problem in, Tur- in lebanon but where are the they returning places. to rubble well uh ultimately they, they will this is the bigger challenge, isn't it? I mean, it's better that they have the opportunity to return than be told to uh, not come back to their country or be forced to uh, get caught up in another war. So I don't think any party here wants uh, increased ongoing violence. Um, but there is some indication that the Kurds are being rounded up where they can be by Turkish forces. Uh, and there may be extrajudicial killings going on uh, outside outside of the purview of any uh, monitoring force. So this is a real sad part of this whole uh, ceasefire, that there's no one really to provide witness to what is going on there. The media is having a hard, hard time getting access, and with the Americans pulling out, we don't really have all the details that we need. Dr. Devlin? Um, I, I, I totally agree with uh, Dr. Carmen's analysis, both before and after the, after the break. And I'll actually add two things to this. One that the, um, the, the, the presence of Syrian refugees, uh, although it's a very important uh, concern for Turkey, it is also a secondary to uh, the concern of preventing uh, the emergence of, of a PKK-aligned um, a Kurdish um, state uh, in the border. So um, grudgingly, Turkey would accept the return of the Syrian regime and would actually prefer to deal with the Syrian regime in the border in the long term. So that, I think, um, I think that's totally the case. The second thing is, of course, that um, Erdogan t- talks about, you know, rebuilding the region and, and transferring the, uh, the refugees um, uh, there to lessen the domestic backlash 
um, because he is also, you know, having the heat on that, roughly close to 4 million uh, refugees, 3.7 million of them are Syrians, and then you have Afghanis and Iraqis and others. Um, increasingly, uh, domestic sort of backlash and unrest related with that. So he is looking for a way also to, to get these people out um, out there, and partly because also there is a nationalist backlash um, at home. And I would like to add actually one more thing, and I think we sort of get lost a lot of in these debates, um, is that uh, many American sort of commentators, as well as sort of the, uh, the, the journalism, uh, journalists and, and others, um, displace their sort of dislike of Trump to the situation as well. So I think a lot of the sort of backlash and outrage um, we, we, we also witness about the withdrawal has a lot to do with Trump rather than the action itself or whether that's that particularly serves or doesn't serve American interests, but reflects on how people evaluate Trump and then displace those uh, feelings to what is going on uh, right now in, 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 in Syria. Uh- well, one of the criticisms is that this is giving ISIS a good chance to regroup and reactivate. And we know that uh, a, a couple of the prisons that were holding ISIS fighters and uh, some of their families have been dispersed. Well, I, I would say that this is, uh, is, is, an, is an issue, but it's not front and center to the the core problem. I mean, again, are we going to lay that at the uh, at the at the doorstep of Donald Trump, uh, or are we going to look for a larger regional stability pact, which has to come with some concessions on every party side, and in particular uh, to dismiss Turkey's uh, genuine security concerns, um, as Donald Trump has said himself, I think is is uh, misleading. So. Part of the, I agree with the, the previous comment regarding the sort of psych, psychological predisposition here that we, anything that comes out of Trump's mouth has to be automatically wrong or condemned. But he's, he's right that Turkey has security concerns. But I would, I would take it even further. I would suggest that uh, Turkey is a main trade corridor, uh, bringing goods and services across the border, primarily through truck and so on, uh, into the region. And uh, we can revitalize the economy. This is going to... In the long run, the goal here should be to strengthen the regional economy. Uh, we know many countries there are performing under under the bar, and um, I think Turkey can be a key source of uh, growth for the region, and part of that will come through opening up trade routes, which have been closed off by virtue of the wars in Iraq and Syria. Okay, we are uh, starting to run out of time. Dr. Uh, uh, Dr. Devlin, um, again, just very quickly, uh, does, does this do a good thing for ISIS and make it easier for them to regroup? Um, I mean, after all the battles in Raqqa and Mosul and, and whatnot, we still uh, estimate that there are about 30,000 or so ISIS fighters around um, and that they, they went underground. The uh, support, we, we can't really get very you know, good information about who is left and who is uh, under, under guard and whatnot, but the numbers even coming out a few hundred here and there, uh, I think would not necessarily uh, shift the balance one way or another. The return of ISIS, the possibility of it in a different form is an ever-present danger, but whether this particular operation uh, significantly increases that is I think uh, is, is, is a matter of discussion, and I'm not really sure that it does it. Um, 
uh, at this stage. Okay, that's all the time we have. Thank you so much, Dr. David Carmand and Dr. Balkan Devlin. Appreciate your time. Thank you, Liz. Thanks for having me. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show.